Did you ever wonder what it would be like to be part of the Sparkfile coaching community? Here's how the Sparkfile community describes it. The most honest, safe, life-affirming, and life-changing experience I've had in all my 55 years. The best. I'm incredibly grateful to Laura and Susan for teaching me the tools and structures that I need to get past the fear and to just do it anyway. The Spark File is a portal to your creative powers and believing in yourself. This group is spiritually, emotionally, mentally supportive, creative, amazing, encouraging, life-shifting, and liberating uber talented warm thoughtful lovely wonderful people i need a group like this to give me the kick in the ass that i need to start making the things that i want to make and do there's a big beautiful creative trampoline that just like catches you gently and just launches you out with so much love if you want to learn more about the spark file creativity coaching including our six-month blaze course visit the sparkfile.com slash blaze and schedule a no pressure no obligation call to find out what is possible and how we can support you it's time to take it and make it the spark file podcast may contain profanity and other adult content please use your discretion When I bump into something that inspires me, I dump it in my spark file. To be something that I wanna make or how I wanna be, I pump it in my spark file. I jump into my spark file. Let's open up the spark file. Did you? send me a book I didn't send you a you book? did not send me a book mm-hmm. like what kind of book I what got in the mail from Amazon a book uh-huh. called a little life and there's no note I didn't order it I don't know what it's somebody who has my home address a little life yeah and what's it about apparently it's about like Four friends from college who have, there's some, one of them has some deep, dark secret. And I was like, who, who, is it a birthday? It's like near my birthday. Is it a birthday present? Is it a threat? Is Is it it a little bit of like, I know what you did last summer? Do you have some college secrets? Let's introduce some spice into my life. Um, I, it's, I don't know where it came from. And I've been reaching out to people like you on this podcast (laughs) and I'm like did you it's somebody who knows me well enough to have my home address you know what I don't even have your home address I know where you live I'm sitting in it right now I couldn't (laughs) tell you what street we're on Uh, or what the number of this house is so if something happens to me and you have to call emergency services you're like they're gonna be like drop a pin lady that's a really good point I should know and you know mental note check in with you later That's to get your address crazy so that you don't say it here <laughs> don't say it here <laughs> so you didn't send me the book i did not send you a book if you're listening a to this life. and you did send me the book will you please let me know who sent okay. me the book okay everyone's gonna take credit who sent I me sent the, you the i book. sent you a present 
I didn't get my thank you note. You might hear in the background right now the sound of my dog crying. Mm. Kitty bunny. Why are you crying? Go lay down in the sunshine. Those little pups. Sunshine. I'm a little sick. You might be able to tell from the sound of my voice. We both got a little sick this week. So these might be, you know, it might be some mellow conversation today. It might be a little low energy or maybe it'll be just off the chain. You never know. Hey, everybody. We forgot to tell hey. you to, that you are welcome into this podcast, which is called The Spark File, your one-stop cornucopia for creative inspiration. That's right. I'm Laura Camion. I'm Susan Blackwell. If you're joining us for the first time, here's the deal. We're makers who make all sorts of things. Yes, we are. And if you're like us and you're making stuff all the time, you already know that sometimes the wellspring of inspiration can run a little dry. So we are constantly on the lookout for fresh ideas and images and inspiration that spark our creativity and pique our curiosity, things that inspire us to get off our asses and make things like this podcast. Or a crocheted blanket. Or a ceramic candle holder in the shape of your own head. Oh, (laughs) I like that. So every episode we're going to reach into our spark vials and exchange some sparks free for the taking. And then we're going to talk to some folks who spark us too. If you're not careful, he might just get your pants set on Mm. fire. So without further ado, let's open up the The spark spark file. Um, Camelama, I am a little under the web. I know. I'm going to take a sip of this tea. I feel a bit responsible for it if we're just speaking honestly I can't decide if you made me sick or if Nathan made me sick. Oh, one of is my that an option? Can we go with Nathan? One of it my, must have been Nathan. One of my nearest and dearest <laughs> made me sick. <laughs> I feel like it was me. I missed. I think I, it might have been like, you. Yeah, I was out. I was out of it this week. Yeah, you got I mean, sick. down for the count. And you know how sometimes you're like, oh, I'm staying home. I'm not doing anything because I'm sick. And still in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm going to get some stuff done. Yeah. I didn't get anything really? done. No, you were I down slept. and out in Beverly Hills. Yeah, I slept that shit off. It took a couple of days though. Yeah, I feel. P.S. I have a cold. That's all I have. I have a cold. <laughs> I don't have tuberculosis. Let's not get too worked but then up I, about I got this. a cold, and then I got my period on top oh, of no. it. Hi to all our gentlemen friends, menses. It's a fact of life. It's gonna be some. But it was like talk. a one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Like I was laid low, and then I was laid lower. Then you were punched in the gut. Boo. So I've got it going uptown and downtown. But you know what? I'm not too sick that I can't make this podcast with you, which is the great joy of my life. Yay. Um, Should we get started? Let's let's share some sparks. I think inspiration will make us both feel better. I actually think that's true. It does make, when we do, whenever we do this, no matter how I'm feeling, by the time we're done, I feel better. It's like one of those. Takes me to the next level. (laughs) It's like the Wonka Vader. Just get into it and it lifts me up. (laughs) It's not like church. It's not like Jesus. It's like the Wonka Wonka Vader. (laughs) A new religion. Um, Who wants to go first? Do you have a feeling about that? could i'll go first oh you will yeah i'll tell you something oh shit Uh, okay i'm gonna just sit Um, back and enjoy this i did get kind of excited about something this week that was um besides getting me sick besides getting you sick and passing that on thanks uh it's salvation through renovation i like the sound of that okay I just made that up, but I think that's what that's what we're going to go with. Um, <laughs> we're playing it fast and loose today. <laughs> God. We've both been under the weather. So, you get what you get. 
It might interest our listeners to know that Susan and I both live in vintage homes, yeah, you might true. say, and we both love mid-century design. I hope that you talk about this for the next 30 minutes. Well, I'm not really going to talk bait about that. Switch. You know I how I do, I do it. it. I love but to do a bait I switch. I do want to talk a little bit about that for a second. Like, did you always know that you loved mid-century? No. No. When did you realize? How did that come about? It's a really super good question. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say somewhere in the 90s, I started noticing specific pieces that I really liked. Like the, um, uh, is it Nelson or Miller, the ball clock that looks like a starburst with like the little colorful balls on the outside of it. There were certain pieces that I started to, the Eames, that sort of like Mm. fiberglass shell chair Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, I like that. And those were gateway drugs for Mm -hmm. uh, the architecture. Do you know when you watch the um, Incredibles, the original Incredibles movie, they have like the sort of, um, that crazy, I don't know what they call the roof with the... I know. I've I'm, only I'm read a lot of this stuff. I've only but. read about, so I don't know how you pronounce it. Clarestory, Clarestory windows, which are those windows that sort of are like high up, little yes. slices of light. Yes, just, I, like I, that. I just started realizing that that was my jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize either. I had no idea, and in some ways, like it wasn't until Wes and I looked at homes in Florida, and we were. Very thankfully, like we didn't have any kind of timeline. We were in no rush. We were just like, let's start poking around. Mm-hmm. And I I just kind of, you know, you just sort of grow up with certain assumptions that you live with until they're questioned. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. Right, Lies I was like, told wait. that I believed until I was an adult. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I just assumed like, oh, I'm going to live in a two-story home and it's probably going to be wood and... and oh, that's you know interesting. I, mean? I just yeah. sort of like, yeah. I don't know, I guess that's the kind of house you live in. Yeah. Um, but in Florida, the we went, you know, we saw some homes and like every double-story home, I, I hated. I hated the upstairs. First of all, the heat rises. You're mm-hmm. just like, ah, I can't breathe up here. Uh-huh. It's like, so it was, I hated it. All the homes that were wood were like the wood rots. I mean, Florida is just wet. That sun is so cruel. And um, we, so we just poked around and we ended up seeing some homes that were like cement block and mid-century built. And we were like, this is really cool. This is awesome. And we didn't, we didn't buy the first one of those that we saw, but like I said, we had time and we were just like, we just spend our weekends like, let's just go look around. And um, we then, we kind of like narrowed in on like, I think we're kind of liking this one story yes. cement block ranch yes. home, which if anyone had said like, oh, you're going to choose a ranch, I'm like, why? Well, you're kidding yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and so... We then came upon one day, we were out riding our bikes on this bike trail, and we came upon this house, and we were like, oh, man, that is, that's it right there. That is beautiful. And it, after we, like, stopped to gush over the house, we saw that there was a sign out front, which was just crazy. We're like, what? That's for sale? Completely out of our price range. Um, But then the market, the market continued to drop, and it... 
eventually came into our, our price range. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm here to talk about. Um, please do. Please this, talk about this for the next 90 minutes. I was, I'm telling you. So when we each, like, just A, walking on the property, but walking into the house, it was built in 1956. And we were like, oh, my God. This is the most peaceful respite. Mm. I This woman, there was a real estate woman and the owner, they were both talking and we we're both like, shh, no, 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 don't say anything. Let us, please just let us walk around. Interesting. We were just like, oh, we want to take all this in. Bathrooms that had not been touched since 1956. Mm. It's and not for everybody, but it's not it's for, for everyone. You. And they had, um, on the listing, they had taken the pictures of the bathrooms off because they were so accustomed to people saying like, well, that's got to go. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And um, I think they loved us simply for just like we loving it. And we were like, Wait, did you say the owner was one of the people there? Yeah, she was there. Oh, so they loved you for loving it. I think so. I think that, or they were just freaking relieved that we weren't just like, well, this has got to change and that's got to go. And, you know, we just were like, these are original. This is amazing. So we were, we were like in love from the first moment. I think that makes sense. If if we were going to sell our house, I would want to sell it to somebody who... Mm walked in and was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Because you want it to be loved as much as you loved it. Well, they had done also, like a lot of people come in and like start complimenting us on certain things that they had upgraded. Um, And we were like, we can't take a single bit of credit. We didn't like come in and renovate anything. The people before us did an amazing job selecting, you know, kitchen counters and things that are not authentically mid-century, but they fit, they feel just right. Um, The place that we sort of differed was on the furniture because... When, you differed from who, Wes? From or the from, previous from, owners. Yeah, yeah. So once they took their furniture out and we began to move our stuff in and, you know, we had just whatever, the leftover, we, you know, we had lived in New York for 15 years and you start in New York with your college furniture and then maybe over time slowly add to that. Yeah. But we were like, we have a hodgepodge of yeah. crap, yeah. really. Um. So we were like, we got to furnish this thing and what really like we felt so strongly and it surprised me but i was like nothing modern feels right in here like we've got to go with mid-century style yeah it's the home was made for it yeah and it deserves it in yeah. a way. We were just like, yeah. Yeah, it, you can't just put a pottery barn couch in there. No. It doesn't shabby work. Chic. A rolled no. arm. No. No, not going to no, work. Ma'am. Um, so anyway, that's when, that's kind of when it began for me and then has never left. Now I look like I love all things mid-century and and I'll look for things like, in particular, like I've always loved old things. Yeah. I just hadn't like zeroed in on a time period. Yes. I just love old shit. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I love is like finding something that I've never seen before. Yes. I, 
I, I'm just like, and I think Wes has gotten used to it now because like we'll be out shopping and I'm like, I'm not saying I want it. I don't, I don't need to buy this thing. It. Behold I just look the splendor. At it. What is it? What did it do? Yes. Who used this? Yeah. Um, I just, I love to think about that stuff. So this weekend, much by chance, I stumbled upon an Instagram account and that Instagram account is called Cheap Old Homes. What? Do you know this? No. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. Oh my God. It's every, I'm going to sit okay. here and take it, but okay. I want to No, look. you won't. You right. want to look so badly. I'm just going to take it. Susan, Cheap Old Houses. Um, oh, did I say Cheap Old Homes? I'm sorry. To be clear, it's Cheap Old Houses. Okay. Okay. I felt fell down this rabbit hole that lost like I lost I don't know three or four hours I'm not Tell exaggerating more about okay. it okay so Talk this woman faster. posts she posts everything so all of them are like a hundred thousand dollars or less okay but are they, how's the location 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 it's all over the country okay so it might be like um here's a Victorian in some tiny town in Wisconsin for $16,000. Oh. Um, here's an old schoolhouse in upstate New York, single room schoolhouse for $79,000. Here's, oh um, oh God, mid-century gems. Uh, there, oh, there were lighthouses, Susan. Wow. Lighthouses. And they're pulled off of real estate listings? People will send her real estate listings now. So this page has like 350,000 followers. Yeah. So she gets yeah. stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, she now has created a secret subscription page that's like $2 a month. Did you subscribe? Susan, I did. I did. <laughs> Yes. Can I borrow your username and password? Yes. <laughs> what? Listen, the Tell reason me what's on I there. did was this. This is one of those moments where I didn't know about <sighs> something two minutes ago and now I know about it and I have to and have it. And now you have it. to have it, right? What is it? Well, listen, the <laughs> reason what it I is. subscribed was because I talked to Wes about this. I told him about the Instagram account. Yeah. And then he and I together, two hours. Jesus. Two hours worth of like, oh my God, look at this one. Oh my God, look at this one. And I was like, you know what? This woman already has provided me with a good six hours worth of entertainment yeah. and creative ideas. Yeah. So I was like, I could do $2 a month to keep this going yeah. and support her. But the secret ones are just like exclusive listings that you get access to. And she's, she's clearing up front. Like she's like this, I spend a lot of time on this and this is to help me be able to do this. Yeah. Help support me. What's do this. her name? Debbie. What's her name? Oh, I don't know. I need to, I don't know. I'm going to call her Debbie. So the other thing she does is, so most of the, all the homes actually are under a hundred grand, wow. but then she'll do, if she finds something interesting, that is more expensive. She'll post it as a like save this house, and oh. it could be anywhere from like an eleven million dollar estate on the Hudson or a lighthouse that's two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, do Are you we know what buy I mean? A lighthouse, Susan. Are we buying a lighthouse, Laura? I want a lighthouse. The Sparkfell headquarters. 
I'm podcast from the top of that lighthouse. Seriously, I do, want do, do, a do, lighthouse. Do, do, do. Why is it in Morse code? Why is our podcast in Morse code now? <laughs> That's how it is, is at the that lighthouse. How they, hmm. So this is what happened to me. Wes and I were like, okay. For one minute, we're like, look at these 300 acres on Lake Cherokee in Tennessee. We could build cabins. We could have a business. We could... Like, do it up. Yeah. And then the next minute, we're like, hang on a second. Look at this little church in Spark Pennsylvania. Spark file. This church was built in 1893. What you could do with this church, blah, 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 blah. Who lived here? Who built it? How long their ancestors lived there? Some of these houses are like first time on sale forever. And it's it's a hundred year old house. So you're buying it from a family that's handed it down. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, there was a lighthouse in Virginia that I'm like, I'm not kidding. I want this. I want to fix it up. I want it to be, I want to Airbnb it. So this one Instagram site, oh, there's this little hobbit dwelling, <laughs> not joking, in like Wisconsin or something. It's one of those little rounded hut openings with like the grass yeah. grows over yeah. it. Um I was like, again, Airbnb it, and yeah. it's you're gonna you're gonna sell that so to just a this. niche market, right? Yeah. Um, but here's why I think this qualified. I like I fucking love to imagine the characters. Like, if we move to that town. Who lives in that little town? What's happening in that town? What are they? What economic situations How are going they on? Be mad at us? How are they going to hate us? Carpet what are the ways coming in here? Right? Who are these people? These city people, city folk, and who lived in those houses before? Who lived in these houses? Like um, anytime I traveled, but especially to places like London, like I would, I fucking love to like stand in a castle and just be like. Who stood, stood right here? here? Yeah. What little secrets did they whisper to yeah. each other that they thought were the most important thing in the world? And it's like 400 years later and here I'm standing here. I just, I don't know. I love, love, love that stuff. And I feel like this site is so perfect for that kind of imagination. You're oh. imagining characters, you're imagining locations. Let alone the, the I feel like that is... um. I love it's a lovely spark, but I also think just the thought of creating a different chapter of your life. That's right. In one of these properties. That's right. I, I mean, mean, we are both so into like our home and like making our homes yeah. what is beautiful to us and yeah. filling our homes with piles and piles of garbage just kidding filling our <laughs> homes with um you know things that like selecting objects that bring us joy and delight yeah yeah that engage yeah. our minds um it's not again it's not for everybody i've worked with people who i remember my friend sarah Steele. we were doing a play together sarah Steele. Hi, sarah. do you know sarah she's on like um the good wife and she's on um she's on all the tv shows anyway we're doing this play together. And, she, you know, she was a teenager. She was like 19 years old at the time, but we yeah. shared a dressing room. And she also, we would like na nap, like we would spoon together and nap on our little no. cot. Um, it was a wholesome relationship. Oh. Don't be, don't, come on. Don't go there. Don't go there. 
listeners, but she would come in to the dressing room and just like, like rip off her sweater and just like toss it. Like it was like a John Hughes movie caricature of like a teen who doesn't give a (laughs) fuck about their surroundings. Just like she was just, I think I can say this with love and she may have changed, but just like kind of a messy Marvin and didn't like aesthetics. She just did not give a shit at that time. Yeah. And I was just like, huh, that's different because, you know, yeah, I grew up in a very messy house and I like um, my house is not pristine, but I do try to keep it kind of tidy. Yes. Um, but it's some people aesthetics will like, oh, we'll drive by or walk by uh, apartments and houses where they've kept whatever the builder finished fluorescent lighting is mm. in the mm. place. Mm. And we're just like horrified because we can't imagine having living with that light. Well, lighting is one of those things that like once you experience good lighting or lighting that soothes you or lighting that layers of lighting, you are like, you're transformed forever. And you're like, Oh my God, why would I ever just like, I don't give a shit about this. I don't know. I was changed, but I digress. No, I, I think like, you know, there were, there are different things. Like I've definitely lived in a million different ways, but all of a sudden um, I realized like visual noise is a real thing. And it's something they talk a lot about in mid-century and you're like the, the peacefulness of an orderly visual landscape. I'm just, while you're saying this, I'm looking around my living room and I'm like, Nathan would it's like it if there was less. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just he kidding. would just like less, just because I have like um, a lot of plants and a lot of, and I balance. think he's just like, can we? He says that he's like, can we just have less stuff? And I'm like, we can, we can. but I also, but you're still in that blissful phase of like figuring, still figuring out, it out what you want Totes. where, yeah. You know, and it'll just take time and you'll move stuff around for a it'll while get, until you I think you're it'll like, also be dispersed exactly. more throughout yeah. the house as we renovate more. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Anywho. So I started to think about like, oh, I wonder, you know, because I'm a dork, I'm like, I wonder if there's a name for people who like love old stuff. And it turns out like I came across a... Fabulous conversation on Reddit, by the way, of people arguing they're sort of linguists. So, <laughs> did, did you ever see the episode of Difficult People where John Mulaney <laughs> guest stars and he's he comes from a family that invented it's like gummy bears or something. So he has all this like old family money, and he's um he's an old timey. Oh, no, he loves I've not old seen this. stuff. He dresses like a, an old timey. He wears he and that's what a, he calls himself an old timey. It's like a trend. <laughs> like a, it would be like um, kind of hipster. What do they call people that um, like the stray cats that like to harakabilly people? Uh, yes, it, yes. It was like just like a different little genre <laughs> niche, like called the old timey. He rode like one of those penny farthing bicycles with yes, the big wheel. Yes. So is that what the old people who like old things call timies. themselves? Old timeies old timeies um no but it <laughs> no. should be that's much better old timeies um also rockabilly that's uh i just that's a commitment i've known a few people who have committed to that and i I'm, I'm amazed i love sometimes especially there's a uh, style for people who identify as women the hair yeah the 
the glasses, makeup, the, the makeup, uh, the Pendleton mm-hmm. shirts, the, mm-hmm. and like it's there's a fabulous. Tw- like a twist on it, like an old new twist on it that I freaking love. Yeah. And if I had a little more energy, I can imagine. Now I can't. I couldn't keep it up. But I, I don't know if I could keep it up. But I really love it when, when people do. But um, this Reddit conversation, they they eventually, after much, you know, back Voting. and forth, yes, they kind of agreed upon retrophiliac. Retrophiliac. Okay, retrophiliac as someone who has a strong liking for things is feels from the past. like. P-H, not F-E-L, like Maybe it's retrophiliac. Retrophiliac. Um, I like old timeys better. That's just There's like antiquarian, which which to me, it just seems like like the person's old. To me, it sounds like you love old maps and books. (laughs) And that you, like, if I patted your shoulder, like a powder would rise up off yes, of you. Yes, that's basically like those people do that by definition it's um, people who love history and history's objects. Yeah. Um, I and, think uh, it also makes me think that would smell like it needs to be dry cleaned. <laughs> that person, that yeah. antiquarian. Um, well, whatever the name is, there seems to be a lot. I vote for old timeies. Go old ahead. Old timeies. Um, I like that too. There's a lot of people who Seems to really love uh, not just old stuff, but the reclamation of it, like reclaiming it, reusing yes. it from I from think, the the gains yes. and the fixer uppers of the world that yeah. that are like we're not going to let this thing crumble. I love it. I'm with that American pickers. Yeah. I'm like, why? Oh, why can't I be an American picker? I so want you know, to you be have that. Said like, if we if this podcast ever gets any traction and we get yeah. to a place where we could tour it, yes. One thing that you would like to build into our tour schedule, and I am all for yes. this, is visiting thrift stores and junk shops across this great land of ours, yes, and maybe even the world, and yes. uh. <laughs> Yes. And having a, like a Pickers website. And then we'll have like a shop like like they do on American the Pickers. The one. Uh, Can the yes, shop be called the, the Spark, Spark File? File. Yeah. We just pick up stuff that sparks us. Absolutely. Um, and they have that. They have a shop in Iowa and somewhere else too, I think. Um, the Spark File does? No, in, uh, the American Pickers. Oh, American Pickers yeah. does. I was like, oh, I missed a beat. Yeah. Spark File doesn't yet, but yeah. they will. We're coming for you. Uh, so family members who are interested in running that shop. Uh, we'll take applications. We're hiring interns. <laughs> um, I love the idea of it because I love thrifting and I frequently, I get things that I genuinely am like, if I walk away from this, I'm going to yes. have a sense of regret, Yeah, which isn't everything. Like I'll go into a thrift shop and leave empty handed. Yeah. Um, but I got all the room for that. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, I also discovered in my my preparation for this conversation that there are like YouTube channels. There's like five, the top five YouTube restoration channels have gotten a combined 
billion views over the last few years. Really? Billion. People Hot topic. are into Hot topic. watching, like watching someone restore. Nathan will watch, he watches these videos and all you see is the object and the, whoever yes, the, the craftsman's hands. Yes. And it will be like an old um, spyglass or an old, name it, like a, a, a weather vane or something like that. Yeah. And it's just the person meticulously taking it apart, yep. cleaning it, restoring it, putting it back together. That's one of the biggest its- channels. Yeah. And they never show their face. He and they're like, it's it. not about us. He loves it. It's and I, it's amazing. sad as fucking fine. You know, I think though, sometimes I think it's satisfying because sometimes it's sparkish and inspirational, but sometimes it's sort of like, I don't really want to stand up and clean my house. <laughs> I don't really want to do that thing that I need to do. So instead, I'm going to watch somebody else do it. Yeah, I could see that. You know what I mean? But I think there's a thousand things you could do to distract yourself from not When you know, I don't want to clean, house. I watch home shows and where I they clean where they like, you know, like um yeah, they'll take like, what is that? F- clean house or something mm-hmm. like that where they'll like empty it out, have a yard sale, use the proceeds to renovate like <laughs> rooms in the house. And it will, I'll watch you, an episode of that and then I'll stand up and I'll clean. It's inspiring to me. That's awesome. I'm endlessly inspired. Or I'll watch an episode of Grand Design where somebody's building a, do you watch Grand Design? Mm-mm. Girl. Okay. I'm writing Write down. this down on your spark file. Grand design. I love it so much because it's pe- that's people building custom homes. Uh, it's produced somewhere in the UK. Yeah, it's it's people who uh, it's budgets, it's knowledge, it's um, and even with that, it always seems like it's taken years off their life because yeah. it's such a crazy arduous process to build a house. It really is. When I watch like Fixer Upper, which I know yeah. like aesthetically doesn't always fit into my... It's not your 100% jam. Not 100%. Sometimes it is. If you like so, shiplap, if there you, you like shiplap, girl, But sometimes she'll luck. do a mid-century home. I've seen and that. And she does a good job, yeah. I think. Um, but one of my favorite things is how they'll have old, like maybe an old door or old cabinets or an old window and they will find a way to work that into the design. And that's not easy. And I have had like situations where like I wanted to replace our front door, but there's these two glass panels on either side. And I'm like, I don't want a whole new door frame. I just, I need a door. Yeah. And there's no door people are like, um, uh, no, they're too lazy. It's too much work. Basically, they're like, we're not doing that shit. We're not doing what the people on Fixer Upper do. Like people take that for granted. It is not they're, easy. Uh, I feel like where she really knocks my socks off is um, the curb appeal of those home exteriors. Yeah, that's she, true. I I wish I could have Joanna Gaines. Joanna Gaines, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not. I would love her to come work her oh magic on the exterior of our house. Yeah. That would be a dream. Yeah, She's incredible. Do you know that Joanna Gaines has like accessory lines at Pier 1 and Anthropology? Wow. I did not know Pier 1. Yeah. And I was like, how And they have you? a Target line too together, I, I think. I think they might have lost that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Wow. 
But it's not all rainbows and puppies for the Gaineses, y'all. It's they're not. gonna be fine. She has her they're own magazine too. I know they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be fine. But I really do love that I believed in their mission, which is to save old homes, yeah. save old things. Same as American Pickers. They're like, we just don't want this to end up in a trash heap. Yeah. When it's a I feel like I'm doing my part to help. Too. Yeah. I think you are too. But it was interesting. I, I looked into, like, I tried to find more information on the psychology behind our love of antiques and old things because obviously it's not just the two of us. There's there's millions of people out there who are really into this. And the funny thing was, is like, I couldn't find a lot on it. They kept it, Google kept referring me to the psychology of collecting. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because I'm like, I don't actually I, I have feel like I need to own these things. I have a theory. Yeah. I'm well, not a doctor. I just play one on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For myself, yeah. I've noticed now that I am um, renovating a home for the first time. For the first time. Um, I think I am trying to construct the home I wish that we would have had because we had such our house was like so disordered and so hoarded out Interesting. Um, I'm literally collect you know this I've mentioned this I, I believe on this podcast though I'm having trouble remembering what I've said to you yeah in private well, and what I've yeah. said on this podcast enjoy that mm-hmm. enjoy that little piece of civility yeah, so um I was obsessed with this terrarium that my cousin had when I was little and I have literally collected a series of There's these 70s so terrariums. Amazing. I feel like I'm trying to create a space that has things that I wished I had had. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of wish fulfillment. Yeah. Actually, it's a lot of wish fulfillment. And yeah. then also that it's that it's comfortable and clean and orderly yeah. and warm and that you know, it's, it's what I I wanted to have when I was little. I think that's a really interesting perspective. And I hadn't come across that one. There's like, there's a theory that like, obviously people are craving simpler times or times when things were built to last. And um, there's also like the feeling of, there's a really good feeling to know that things can be repaired and regenerated. Yes. And I think that like serves us on not just an object level, but on a kind of a human level yeah. as well. Like yeah. we're not just going to toss disposable. everything out. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, for this podcast and um, for a lot of people, it can also be about like, the creative thinking thinking that goes into a preserving something or finding a new purpose for something old. Like when, you know, obviously you go on Etsy, there's a million people making new things out of old stuff so that you are a saving it from a landfill, but be giving it like a new life. And I think that, um, as an artist, it's uh, it's a real source of inspiration. Yeah. And that's why it's my spark for this week. I love it. We used to play a game when we would go. I think Jeff Bowen invented this game. We would just be somewhere, like a any place, a gas station, a Target, uh-huh. a Home Depot, <laughs> uh, any place. Yeah. And we would just be like, we'd play a game called Landfill 2020. <laughs> oh, no. Where you'd look at shit and you'd be like, come on. 
soon arriving at Landfill 2020. And now we're going to have to change the name to like Landfill 2030 because we're almost to 2020. You're almost there. Um, but Landfill 2020. Good Lord. And, and it's nice. I was just talking yesterday with a friend about this because I have now have a house full of stuff. I have a house yes. full of stuff. You do. And each piece, I think, I mean, I, I brought it into the house or Nathan brought it into the house because we were like, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Where the fuck is all of this going to go when we're dead? <gasps> Do you- You're going to have an amazing estate sale and people just like us are going to be like, oh my God, have you ever seen anything I'm not like doing this? It. You're going to host it. Uh, but I'm also like, it. do you, are you going to, what do you want? Cammy and look around. What do you want? <laughs> I'll, I'm going to take some. Um, what do you want? Some masking tape and I'm going to put my name on a few things Dead. around here. Good. You oh get to be the orange God. dot. You Put the orange dot on anything you want. Fucking so much of this. I want that painting of those two ladies. You're fucking kidding me. I'm not kidding. Do you know I how want much it. Fucking guff I've taken about that painting. I love it. When I found that painting that at a consignment store, it's a painting from the 60s. I'm sure it hung in some like early goth teens bedroom. It's awesome. It's sort of in shades of gray, black, white. It's love. two mods. Two weird looking mod girls. (laughs) Is that their hair or those hats? I I don't know. Giant hairstyles, or they are guarding Buckingham Palace. (laughs) But they're these two mod girls, and I saw it. It's a huge painting, too. It's so awesome. What would you say that's like four foot by six foot? Uh, It's a huge painting. Yeah, it's huge. And I asked the uh, young woman, she must have been like 17 that worked in the shop to go up on you had to go up on a ladder to see the price tag she's like are you kidding me and i was like i was like i'm interested in that and she laughed in my face (laughs) she laughed in my face and i was like oh sweet sweet girl and i'm interested in that i will know what the price is and i fucking bought it that is fucking awesome it was painted by someone named james hey james um I also think I might need some of the, some if not all of the artwork around it because you have done such an incredible job of like combining these things. I'm like, I a don't. The gallery wall. It, the gallery in. wall is amazing. All right. I'm going to need put all Put your that. stickers on it. I got a lot of stickers because. Great. You know, I'm getting one of those geraniums. You need a terrarium. <laughs> do you terrarium. need a, hair, a chair shaped like a giant hand? <laughs> I do. I'm not giving you any plants because I, I don't think you'll, it. I think you'll kill oh. them. Due respect. But in the terrarium, we could put a candle because you won't kill a candle. Um, I'll use that. Uh, good. Good. Yeah. And if any of you are listening at home and you need something from my house, just wait till we're dead. Listen, I get first dibs. Hands off, everybody. All right. Uh, but do go to Cheap Old Homes on Instagram. I fucking love it. Get inspired, people. It's awesome. I want to take a peek at that. that I want to go there like a like, right mystery now. account. Mm-hmm. You know what? Me too. Let's take a little break. Mm-hmm. We're going to check out. See you in a few hours. Cheap old homes. <laughs> Let's see you in 10 hours. Bye. Okay, bye. The we're back. All right. We're buying a few homes. Um, we've, we've earmarked a few homes for purchase. Um, I'm excited to share this sparkle with you. Okay. The name of my spark, I titled it The Full Sampaku. 
the full Sam Paku. There you go. Okay. Um, I've got the it. The initial spark for this spark was all this coverage of our girl Elizabeth Holmes, oh, founder of the company Theranos. My God. Um, or should I say, oh, oh my God. Oh my God, you guys. Oh if my you've God. been living in a bunker and have missed this story, Cammie <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I was over at Cammie's uh, the other night and and we had been working so hard all day long. Mm. And I, at the end of the day, I was like, can we just please watch yes, TV? Yes. So we chose to watch some. Um, we spent a couple of nights taking a. We a did because the this. first night the documentary wasn't ready. I thought it was launching oh, on, on the HBO. 18th. Yeah. And so we watched that 2020 special. Dateline. Dateline, Dateline I think. Something. But in case, in case you yeah. haven't, if you if you have already seen it, Good, congratulations. If you haven't, Elizabeth Holmes is was born in 1984. She is an American human woman. She is the founder human. and former CEO of a company called Theranos, which mm-hmm. is now defunct because of its, spoiler alert, which, fa- oh, God. <laughs> false claims to have devised <laughs> these revolutionary blood tests that used a very, very small amount of blood. What were you going to say? I was going to say Theranos, which I th- believe is a combination of therapy and diagnosis. And diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Theranos. Oh, a portmanteau, a combination of words. Uh-huh. Theranos. We'll come back to that. Um, in 2015, Forbes named Holmes the youngest and wealthiest self-made female billionaire in America on the basis of a nine million, sorry, nine billion dollar valuation um, of her company by the next year. Following revelations of potential fraud, Forbes revised her net worth to zero dollars, and Fortune, who had also had her <sighs> on their cover, named Holmes one of the world's most disappointing leaders. Ouch. This is somebody who had like a rocket ship ascension. Seriously. And then a pretty hard bounce. And the belief of some incredibly smart people. Oh my God. People who've been around the a block. A lot of white men really were digging on Elizabeth yeah. Holmes. Yeah. That her board of directors was Henry Kissinger and George Schultz and all these like, uh, generals and I, you know they didn't get no. into it in the documentary but based on that i was like she was raised in washington p.s this is easily discoverable information that yeah. i have not looked up but i was like did her family come from privilege lived in washington and she had uh through oh. her family connections and through school like I, I actually know, you know this? some information. I don't know that she came from extreme wealth, but if I recall, her like great grandpa was someone. Um, I don't know if it was like oh, Hellman's mayonnaise no. or it was it was like one of those. It was an industry. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, they said that in the documentary, yeah. and they were talking about how she came. Like there was medicine in her background, and also some sort of entrepreneurial. Uh, yes. And, and so there was this sense and she, she definitely folded it right into her story that she was like restoring the family to its grand, grand status in a way that it used to, that it had at one time. So she's a fascinating character for many reasons. Her, um, I actually think like what she set out to do, what she claimed she was doing, I actually think that this 
this technology where there are these portable blood testing devices that just using a very small amount of blood can test for hundreds, if not thousands of different things. Um, people's ability to take ownership of their health information. I think that she, in the same way that shows like Star Trek, like the work of Ray Bradbury and Gene Roddenberry uh, have, have templated like little portable communicators that later sort of became cell phones or flat screen TVs that later became flat screen TVs. Like I, (laughs) I do think that she has templated something that may actually at some point, I think somebody's going to get there. No, it's an amazing, amazing idea. She, if she was just like, I'm a futurist, she may not be up for fraud charges now instead of being like, I, I can get there. I mean, if she had but simply said, stars, we're not ready yet, it's, I know. and yeah, that's you know, where she got into sorry, but we're still working on it. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. I think, yeah. She's got an interesting Trubs is to claim you brain. can do it. But like in that thing, when they were talking about how people like really, really smart people were com- comparing her to like Archimedes and Beethoven, she's got an interesting brain and there is a precedent with entrepreneurs and inventors to have to fake it till you make it. But she just fudged some really critical information. But you know what? Yeah. Cause not- I mean, if we're, if we're sort of in this category, then all science fiction writers are all in the same, like we'll dream it up and, Except that she took people's money yeah. and claimed it, then claimed it was real, and so as opposed to just bad, false lab results uh-huh. that could have really <laughs> killed someone. Yeah, um, but you know what? I'm not interested Besides in. That. She's the departure spark. That's I'm right. not interested okay. in, in lingering oh, on I Elizabeth like Holmes. I feel like that piece spark. of gum has been chewed. <laughs> but when Baby Cams and I were watching some of that Theranos coverage, um, there were some things that I saw, and it's so funny because we were sitting next to each other watching this and I was like oh oh, there's there's a spark spark. that are tangentially related and that I found so interesting that I wanted to dig deeper and learn some more okay that's where we're headed what is it that you kept from me the first thing that I got super excited about was you see briefly in both of the things we watched both the Dateline and the um, HBO documentary which is called The Inventor Out for Blood in Silicon Valley um, you see the famous documentarian Errol Morris filming a commercial for the mm. Walgreens Theranos collaboration mm-hmm. where they were going to put little little mini Edison Theranos machines, yep. blood testing machines in all of these Walgreens and roll that shit out. Yeah, um, You see him making uh, commercials mm-hmm. and marketing videos for Theranos. So Errol Morris is a famous documentarian. He won the Academy Award for his documentary, The Fog of War, about Robert McNamara. Ever seen it? Cams? I don't think so. Okay. You're in, a, you're in for an interesting treat. Okay. Uh, he's also made a documentary called The Thin Blue Line. That ring a bell. does ring a bell, but I need a little jog. Uh, the Thin Blue Line is about somebody who, spoiler, wrongfully uh, accused and convicted of a crime. Uh-huh. Uh, Gates of Heaven is about pet, some like people how deal with their pets after they die. Oh. Um, no. Fast, cheap, and out of no. control. Um, that I've heard of too. Yeah, that's about like I've four heard of people's with yeah. four people with um, very different, very interesting, weird jobs. But um, he also, Errol Morris also directs a lot of commercials and clearly he was hired to direct a series of commercials and these marketing vid- videos for Theranos. And 
those commercials look a lot like a series of commercials he directed for Apple back around 2002. Mm. They're called the Switch commercials about how various subjects were switching from PCs to Macs. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And we know how Elizabeth Holmes sort of like idolized Steve Jobs yeah. and even, you know, people said that she sort of not dressed like him, but um, yeah. in a, a same designer, Isimiyaki, and uh, same sort of like, I have a uniform that I wear every day so yeah. that my brain can't be troubled with such such small things. So um, both the commercials and many of the projects that I just mentioned utilize a piece of technology that Errol Morris created. And it's something that I had heard about from Nathan, who is deeply interested in such things, but something I had never seen before until what? the Theranos documentary. What was you it? You saw it too. You saw it with your own eyes. It's called the Interatron. Is that this thing? Like, yeah. What? Okay. Tell everyone. So what? He used the Interatron for the first time in his film, Fast, Cheap, and Out of Control. And basically, I'm not a technically minded person, but let me see if I can describe this. It's a system using two teleprompters and two cameras that are synced with each other. So teleprompters, if you're not familiar, are those devices that are typically used by newsreaders or politicians so they can look straight into a camera while they're reading copy that is projected directly in front of the lens of the camera. Right, mm-hmm. but with the Interatron, instead of text, it projects the face of your discussion partner. For instance, wow. film director Errol Morris. So instead oh. of your interview subject looking into the, like a cold, shiny camera lens, they can look straight into the eyes wow. of the person interviewing them, and it really does make the subject, especially young or untrained subjects. But I'm going to go ahead and say all subjects, including like seasoned actors and people mm-hmm. who are interviewed a great deal they look so Huge. relaxed and so natural because they can look directly into someone's eyes while simultaneously they're looking directly into the camera lens like they're having a conversation it, and you can read the yes, micro expressions that's right. you can all of that that's right that's right amazing it is i've it was so exciting. I had to keep a lid on it because I, I didn't want to be like, look, Laura, <laughs> oh my God. that's the Interatron. Um, because I didn't want to blow my spark. I didn't want to blow my spark wad. So <laughs> when um, when he made it, when Errol Morris made his first film, Gates of Heaven, he interviewed people by putting his head right up against the lens of the camera. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the interview subjects are looking at the lens but they're not really it's almost but not quite they're looking you've we've all seen that right they're looking a little bit off to the side and we're we're accustomed to that fly on the wall perspective like when you watch 60 minutes and it's as if you're in the room watching mike wallace interview somebody or you're watching charlie rose and pour a little out for your career charlie rose and it's like you're silently (laughs) seated at a table and Charlie Rose is sitting there and the interview subject is sitting there. But Errol Morris wanted to film, he wanted to capture the characters talking directly to yeah. the viewer without yeah. a third party present. Amazing. I really think that he achieved something yeah. very specific and yeah. very effective with that direct eye contact. And all, like you were saying, those micro expressions and all that animation that he captures that you don't get even when somebody i mean i've done i've done acting straight to a camera lens where you're like look air quotes I'm in like love looking with you. into your beloved's eyes and saying 
I've, I recently saw a piece of my acting where I was doing that. And I was like, huh. Because you straight you into get, that camera. <laughs> yeah. And you are, you're looking into this hard, shiny mm-hmm. lens. And sometimes you're even seeing a mini reflection of yourself. of yourself. So it's a, you really have to use your imagination. But with this thing, immediately all of Ugh. that goes away. Wow. Yeah. So Errol Morris says, we all know when someone makes eye contact with us, it's a moment of drama. Perhaps it's a serial killer telling us that he's about to kill us or a loved one acknowledging a moment of affection. Regardless, it's a moment with dramatic value. We know when people make eye contact with us, look away and then make eye contact again. It's an essential part of communication. And yet it is lost in standard interviews on film. That is until, until the that's amazing. I, I get super sparked by this, the potential of this. And I am, I, this is, I found this to be exciting. What, the, where I first heard the words in Terratron was from Nathan, who was like, he, he told me about it. And I was like, I'm a big documentary buff. I'm real, I thought I would say that's probably, I feel like documentaries are kind of my favorite favorite art form. Wow. Yeah, like number one. Did not know that. I feel like in the same way, there's so there's something that is so nuanced yeah. and so real that it's difficult to synthesize in, mm-hmm. in other forms. There's mm-hmm. nothing, real human beings contain multitudes and I think it's very difficult to uh, recreate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's one of the reasons why reality television, I mean, it's like a cheap whorish version of a documentary, but it's one of the reasons people are drawn to it because it's endlessly surprising because people are endlessly surprising and you give them some producers and you make them, you know, mm-hmm. you push them a little bit, give them a little champagne, push them a little <laughs> bit to, you know, and they'll, they'll, you know, they're endlessly surprising. Anyway, I True. digress. So True. Nathan had mentioned he, he had talked about it. I was like, oh my God, you're right. Like he loves The Fog of War. He loves that documentary. So we've watched that a number of times in our house. Put that in your spark file. I'm doing it. I'm and doing um, it right now. There was an, this is a tangent, but he, oh, it's all about Robert McNamara, who's had this fascinating career, almost like a zealot. He's like been everywhere you want to be in politics just for decades. And he, or, or everywhere you don't want to be. And he has been interviewed, you know, this is a person who's been interviewed professionally thousands of times. And he yeah. walked in for the Errol Morris, the filming of this documentary. And he was said, what's that? And he said, it's the Interatron. And he looked at it and he said, I don't like it. Uh, and I was like, yeah, buckle your seatbelt, Robert McNamara. Cause then he did like Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of interviews. <laughs> and you really do. You're really looking into the eyes of this person. I love it. Anyway, Nathan had awesome. said when he first told me about it, he was like, I want to build my own Interatron. <gasps> and I was like, interesting. And then when I started digging into it, luckily, the basic idea is simple enough that if you're if you have some technical skill and you're enterprising enough, you could probably build your own if you wanted to. And there are schematic illustrations online that could make the process easier. You can also rent a full Interatron package, including two Interatrons, and one for the director, one for the talent, and a trained operator for about $1,000 a day. Wow. But if you don't have $1,000 and you're savvy 
and you have two teleprompters and two cameras, you can make your own. Or I saw a guy online who made his own Interatron setup using two iPads and FaceTime. And that video was pretty good quality. Wow. Yeah. Where yeah. did you go? So if you're interested it. in making a film, documentary or fiction, because I've been in, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. is that the right way to say that? Fiction film? Uh, uh, non- Feature, not, yeah. 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 Fiction? It's a fiction story. I've been in films where I, I'm fully acting as another character and I have to look into the camera. And you know what would have made it easier? The Interatron. But if you're mm-hmm. making a promo video or whatever, and you want that very alive, subtle, direct eye contact, you mm-hmm. can achieve it. Whether you, that's amazing. yeah, it's pretty badass. The Interatron. That's amazing. I'm, th- I'm love this technology. Speaking of eyes and eyeballs, another thing that fascinated me about this Theranos story was mm. Elizabeth Holmes' oh, eyes. God. And of course, his Interatron. Of her. I mean, like, full on, you get the full power of it in of a way that you might not have otherwise. People kept talking yeah. about how she doesn't blink and I was like I think we're having the wrong conversation (laughs) I think the conversation is about the fact that she is what is known as Senpaku 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 is a Japanese term meaning three whites and it refers to the the white surface of your eyes which is the sclera being visible it means Senpaku means three whites in Japanese, meaning you see one, two, three, or one, two, three, where there is white field yeah. visible around the iris. Susan was pointing to the outsides Outside, of her eyes, the inside, insides. And then either below or above the eye. Wow. That's the part that I was like, I'm not worried about the blinking or not blinking. I mean, I saw her blinking. I was just like... Good damn, like her eyes are open so wide. Yeah. Whole. Uh, it, it, Say the word again. Senpaku. S-A-N-P-A-K-U. Senpaku. And besides three whites, what does that mean? Well, what is I'll that? tell you. According to Chinese medical face reading, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, and I don't know that Chinese medical face readers are either. When the white part of the eye is visible beneath the iris, so that is down here, it represents a physical imbalance in the body and is claimed to be present in alcoholics, drug addicts, and people who overconsume sugar or grain. When the upper sclera, the upper white, is visible, it is said to be an indication of mental imbalance in people such as psychotics, murderers, and anyone rageful. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. In either condition, it is believed that these people attract accidents and violence. Oh, <laughs> I don't no. even laugh. I just think it's so, I mean, it's kind of outrageous. Um, but interesting. But interesting. In August of 1963, macrobiotic diet. Do you remember macrobiotics? Kind of. I kind of do too. I never could figure out what it really meant. Macrobiotic, and I didn't bother to look it up. Macrobiotic diet leader George Osawa predicted that President John F. Kennedy would experience great danger <gasps> because of his Sampaku condition. He had lower Sampaku. Whoa. In 1965, George Osawa, assisted by a guy named William Dufty, wrote 
you are all Sampaku, which offers the following perspective on the condition. And I quote, for thousands of years, people of the Far East have been looking into each other's eyes for signs of this dreaded condition. Any sign of Sampaku meant that a man's entire system, physical, physiological, and spiritual, was out of balance. He was he had committed sins against the order of the universe, and he was therefore sick, unhappy, Damn. insane, what the West has come to call accident-prone. <gasps> the condition of Sampaku is a warning, a sign from nature that one's life is threatened by an early and oh. tragic end. Oh, my gosh. Not to be dramatic, George Osawa, but Jesus Holy Christ. Shit. But you know, we've all seen people. I remember the very first time I ever heard somebody talk about this. It was my father... He was talking about someone we knew, and he said, you know, I've been concerned about them because they have that thing where you can see around, you can see the whites of their eyes around their iris. He actually said he was concerned about them uh-huh. because of it. Uh-huh. So it's pervasive enough in our, in the zeitgeist, yeah. even if you don't know this word or don't know where it comes from. To you know, know that it's something not good. It indicates something. Now, question, is it is it a condition that can come and go? Like, if your body were to get back in balance. Girl, you know I didn't read You Are All Senpaku by George Osawa, so I'm not sure. Well, is that a whole book? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it is. A book I have not read. a big claim. Um, I know. What I, yeah, I know. <clears throat> I do respect to all people and their beliefs, but, you know. Um, here's some notable people with Sampaku. Yeah, tell me. Uh, the aforementioned John Kennedy, Robert JFK. Kennedy, Hitler, oh. Princess Diana, Abraham Lincoln, James Dean, Marilyn Monroe. No. They said, uh, that's what they said. And I looked and I was like, kind of when she's not doing like bedroom eyes, she kind of has lower Sampaku. Whoa. Natalie Wood, John Lennon, Elvis. Then there's Charles Manson, who had the dreaded upper Sampaku, in which the whites of the eyes is visible above the iris, and that's thought to indicate a dangerous psychopath. But you know who else had the full Sampaku, upper and lower? Who? Theranos founder, Elizabeth Holmes. Oh! Girl, and that deposition footage, you know that deposition footage? yes. It looks like her eyelids are peeling back, where they're like, did they ever deploy this um, on a... Uh, aircraft carrier and she was like that's not the question but did they ever (laughs) could you how many tests could this actually do and she was like tens of tests and she's like so you mean tens like less than a hundred and she was like yes Yes. Um, her eyelids are full she is full whoa Um, whoa but like I said I did extremely little digging and it but it seems like (sighs) none of this has any basis in science there is not a lot of science. No, but it's very interesting. But it's an interesting theory, isn't it? And if yeah. you are writing something That's or right. making something, it's an interesting character trait. And I think it is one of those things that makes her affect curious. I'm also thinking of like a futuristic world where you are all Sambaku. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I, you're just looking out into a I'm crowd of people. I'm also thinking like that would be a great shirt. Oh, like a great graphic design on a shirt. Yeah, you are all Sampaku, or the name of a album for my new rock band. That's right. You are all Sampaku. Um, and as I decided instead Sampaku. of as from now on, instead of saying the full Megillah, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> that's a full Sampaku. 
<laughs> because do you say the full yeah, Maligula, yeah. a lot? I'm like, do you want to, what do you want on your Sunday? What do you want on your Chipotle? Do you want like the full Maligula? Oh, I want the full It's like Sampaku, the works, right? <laughs> Give me the full Sampaku on that hot dog. <laughs> when I go to Skyline Chili, I'm like, I have the full This is going to come in handy. It is, right? This has been a very useful spark. <laughs> right? I like it. So those are my little sparks. Um, Susan, those are really interesting. You're right. I had no idea this was going on inside of you when we were watching. I have to keep it. It's so funny because mm-hmm. I honestly, what I said earlier is true. I, can't, I don't remember what we've said on mic and what we've said off mic. Which I know. is problematic. Now it's like um, because I don't want to repeat myself. If we've already said something, I don't want to be like uh, Grandma telling the same story three <laughs> times. So I'm almost like, do Listen, we not Graham. see each other except when we're recording? No, that can't be. Is that how that has to no. work? I think our listeners just have to deal with a few repeats now and again. Enjoy that. Sorry, <laughs> Nana and Nana are repeating <laughs> themselves again. Oh, Grandma. Um, yeah, but I, I, when we're like watching something together, I'm just like. You'll know when I reach for my phone. If I reach for my phone, I'm like, you'll uh, know that there was a spark. Jotting this down. A spark just like floated by. <laughs> I had to jot it. That's fun though. Like they 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 really happen more now. Like I'm paying more attention w- and I'm, make, I'm taking a moment to write them down. I want to say this. I want to say this to the people, to the sparklers that are listening, wherever you are on your commute, on the treadmill, leaving your house, wherever you are. Thanks for Walking listening. Walking your dog. Number one, thanks for listening. Number two, suck it. Number three, when you start looking for mm. sparks, mm-hmm. it's they start appearing more and more. They do. It's crazy. And when you capture them and write them down yeah. and share them, then they become more, um, I guess, real. Or like workable for sure. I thought for a long time, like there are so many, so many that like flew by and I'll think, I'll remember that. I That's so amazing. No, I'll girl. remember it. And I don't. I got to write it down. That's right. And part of that's a function of age, I'm sure, but not all. Mm-mm. I think if you don't like somehow capture it, she go bye-bye. Yeah. You got to engage. Yeah. These are good sparks. These are good sparks. Um, Enjoy it. Thank you for my present of that spark. I want to go look at that Insta. You're so welcome. And, and no. you're welcome for the book too. He didn't give me that book. <laughs> Little life. Like claim that present. <laughs> I'm reaching for the off button. Oh, uh, we first we got to do oh, a little shit. outro. What do you think you're I don't doing? Know. I'm sick. I Stop. know you can't be blamed. I'm sick. I was about to just be like, bye. Uh, bye. I literally was like, what do we Bye-bye. say? Again? Bye. Um, <laughs> we hope that this put another bunch of sparks in your spark file. And listen, this is true. You really, if you start looking for sparks, you're going to start seeing more sparks mm-hmm. all around you. It's and true. If you see a spark, if you see a spark that you want us to explore, <laughs> or if you've got a spark that you'd like to share email us at the spark file at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe to whatever this nonsense is and um wherever you get your podcast you want to subscribe you want to rate and you want to review i know yes, that everybody please. says that all the podcasts are saying they it do. but actually you should do it for but ours for real we really really Take really appreciate action, it for god's please. sakes and and my God, if something tickles your fancy and gets your creative juices flowing, please, please, please take that spark and fan it into a little flame. You got to shape it. You got to superhero cape it. Yes. Don't ignore it. Sit down and explore it. You just yes. got to take it and, and make, make it. it. 
Yes. This has been Thank you for listening to you. When I bump into something that inspires me, I dump it in my spark files. Could be something that I wanna make or how I wanna be. I pump it in my spark files. I jump into my spark files. Let's open up the spark files. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to be part of the Sparkfile coaching community? Here's how the Sparkfile community describes it. The most honest, safe, life-affirming, and life-changing experience I've had in all my 55 years. The best. I'm incredibly grateful to Laura and Susan for teaching me the tools and structures that I need to get past the fear and to just do it anyway. The Sparkfile is a portal to your creative powers and believing in yourself. This group is spiritually, emotionally, mentally supportive, creative, amazing, encouraging, life-shifting, and liberating uber talented warm thoughtful lovely wonderful people i need a group like this to give me the kick in the ass that i need to start making the things that i want to make and do there's a big beautiful creative trampoline that just like catches you gently and just launches you out with so much love if you want to learn more about the spark file creativity coaching including our six-month blaze course visit the sparkfile.com slash blaze and schedule a no pressure no obligation call to find out what is possible and how we can support you it's time to take it and make it.